0: Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It
2: is Tuesday, November 17th, 2000, I'm sorry, November 7th, 2023, season 19, episode number 65. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at The Star. Got Brian and Patrick and of course, Amber here with us today. We're going to talk some big picture. we going to take a big picture look at this team. I got a few questions here. Talk about some different topics around the team. Uh, we'll take a little bit of time to talk about the NFL and uh, where we think the NFC is, uh, particularly in the NFC, how we think the teams are, rack, are stacking up. I'll have each of these guys give me their top seven, and uh, and then of course uh, we will start today uh, with a little bit of news. Cowboys working out a wide receiver, and normally. When this name came up yesterday, when I first heard it, I was thinking, okay, well, they're just kind of looking around. Uh, But then Jerry, in his uh, time with 105.3 The Fan this morning, mentioned on a couple different occasions, well, we got this wide receiver that we're bringing in to work out today. Which made me just kind of like, is it that big of a deal, Martavis Bryant? Guy that hasn't played in the league since I think 2018. So it made me think, let's at least have the conversation and uh, and see if there's anything we should be thinking about here, Brian. I'll start with you. Yeah. Going back to your scouting of Martavis Bryant as a player. Wait, hold
3: on. Before you even get into that, why why do we need a wide receiver?
2: Oh, we're gonna. Well, we're gonna we're get to that. We're, we're going to that. We're going to okay. that. Let's I'm with, start first. I'm with you with, you on it. With, okay. Look, I got a plan. <laughs> yeah. I got okay, a plan. So I'm I, going there. I
3: apologize. I'm going Amber, there. but I do want to
2: start first Spice. with saying, okay, Martavis <laughs> Bryant, Spice. tell me about the player.
3: Sorry. <laughs> Proceed.
2: <laughs> she's gonna trust me one day. <laughs> we, I don't know. One we, day she's gonna trust me. We good? <laughs> we good?
3: Proceed. All right, mean, Yeah, I just wanted to see the scenario first before getting to the player. Yeah,
2: the
4: thing with Bryant is though, I, I. I think it's an interesting look at a player, just because of the size factor of the mm-hmm. player uh the ability i mean I think this guy might have some of that like Debo Samuel type ability to him when you hand him the ball or you throw him the ball or you watch him run with the ball and Unfortunately, for him, you know he got into a situation with the league that they suspended him, and you know he missed a whole entire year. but you look at this guy's body type, the plays that he has the ability to make, yes, it was you know a few years ago but he's the type of guy that that that's got something to his game back in the day he was a physical uh, receiver he was a physical runner uh there were things about him when you watched him uh play where you're like going gosh that guy's kind of hard to deal with and you know maybe that time has gone by but I always am interested in going back and looking at players that might have come off from suspensions you know the we've seen guys in the past that have come and they haven't been able to to re, recoup or uh redo what they were once were but this guy is an interesting one just because of his background and where he was at before his suspension uh was uh was playing at a pretty high
2: level so i i i'm i'm okay with kicking the tires on something like this interesting thing about him he he's been in the league he came into the league in 2014 played fourteen and fifteen, suspended for a season yeah. in fifteen, I mean sorry, sixteen, came back and played in seventeen and eighteen and has not played since two thousand eighteen. Yeah. So it's interesting yeah. like where is he as far where as just he, right, physically right. I mean that's six years ago that you yeah. last well five years ago that yeah. you last played in the NFL. That's a long time to it not is. have taken an NFL snap. It is. But obviously the Cowboys are kicking the tires and then I think the natural question that comes from that, which goes to what Aaron was asking, is why are the Cowboys looking for a wide receiver? Does does this at all say something about what they currently have on the roster or is this a situation where you just t- kick the tires because he was a guy at one point that was interesting to you?
1: I, I think it's it's more so that than anything. I'm, I've been kind of mulling around in my head for the past couple of days on this uh, likely signing at this point and It's no harm, no foul if you want to give him a shot because you had some interest in him a few years ago. Uh, And it's not like you're trying to add him to the active roster and you're going to sacrifice somebody's spot. It's a practice squad situation. If it works out for you, great. If it doesn't, what did it cost you, Mm -hmm. right? Time.
3: Time is money. Time is value. He's
1: going to be on the same field with the same coaches and the same players as the other people. So it's not that it's costing them any more time than if he weren't here, so to speak. My bigger question is – what are you expecting him to be so let's say it does work out like what does that look like for the Dallas Cowboys because what a success look like right for him? what does yeah. the success look like for them so if he does come in and he's doing what they want him to do like what does that create for them because for me even if you are of the subscription that Michael Gallup might not be the answer. Okay, I'm not quite there yet, especially seeing how he recovered uh, in the Philadelphia game after that drop. I would, for one, like to see more snaps to Jalen Tolbert. You've seen Tolbert produce. Tolbert gets the touchdown. You see uh, Jalen Brooks. He's the undrafted rookie. He's on the practice squad. He was a standout in training camp. You have that as well. So, you already have some semblance of depth at the position. Cavante Turpin is an option at wide receiver as well. uh, Behind, you know, Cookson and C.D. Lamb and Gallup. Jake Ferguson, who I believe should be the number two target for Dak Prescott until further notice. That's the only question I have is if Martavis Bryant works out for the Cowboys from a schematic standpoint, what does that look like for them at that position? And that's what I can't yet figure out, and that's where you and I are on the same page as far as kind of bumping our head against that wall. Like, what are we not seeing here behind that wall? But as far as risk-reward, if it doesn't work out, okay, no harm, no foul. Pennies on the dollar. You send him on his way. If it does, where does that go? So that that's kind of a, a gray area for me right now.
3: Yeah. I think, no, I no just, It makes zero sense to me whatsoever because of the needs. I mean, if you'd be looking at a player, what about a tackle? What a lot about a, an old lineman that can be adding depth in here when injuries keep piling up? So it's, it's just – it it makes zero sense to me and on the other but on the other hand i would say um i do trust a lot on the whole player acquisition player evaluation uh Will McLean and his group and everything that they've done when acquiring talent uh they have history has shown that they've done enough to back up a lot of the reasonings as to them bringing whoever they want to bring so there is that benefit of the doubt. like they know what they're doing in that sense but looking at everything that we've been following this season it really makes no sense either.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to put too much stock or hype into it um you know it, it it's a name that was big in his prime or his best days with Pittsburgh. I get that, but we're far removed from that. He's not had a lot of time in the league the past several years. He's over the the you know uh, event horizon of being 30. He 's going to the practice squad, not the active roster you don't really need a body there, so it 's kind of a luxury item so I mean just just calling it what it is i 'm not it's not moving my needle one way or another if it works out i'm interested to see what they would do with that if it doesn't, you know life goes on I think the way the practice squad rules
4: are now with the way you 're able to add veteran players it's to me if it if you 're really interested in a guy that's not a problem at all i mean you right. could, you could work on the yeah, it's not going to cost you really any money, veteran minimum money probably. You Maybe even practice squad money right now if you have a deal where you just elevate him. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, you keep him on the practice squad. He goes out there, say he does sign here. I think there's another team interesting, Tennessee. If he doesn't sign here, I think he's going to go on to Tennessee yeah, and work punched. out for them. So, yeah, so, they, you know, there's... there's if, if it was trying to put a guy on the 53 and having to move on from something, right. I think that's your story. Yeah. I think right now it's well, let's see if the guy could practice. What does he look like? You know, this guy's 6'4", 210 pounds. I mean, he's a big guy. So, it, you know, there might be something that at 31 years old, halfway through the season, maybe the guy's kept himself in incredible shape, you know. Maybe somebody – a lot of times, too, these could be word-of-mouth things, you know, and, and maybe you're mm-hmm. maybe Will is talking to another team or talking to another guy and like, hey, have you, have you done any work on this Bryant you know I've got some tape on him I've got I've seen some workouts or maybe an agent called up Jerry or called up uh, called up Stephen, called up Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. you know and said, hey, have you guys taken a look at this, this this Brian he looks like he's a you know he looks like he's in shape. you might want to bring him in just to see mm-hmm. And uh, that's how it happens a lot of the times. Yeah. It might not be for a reason other than that somebody that you trust as an evaluator, Has given you a tip to take a look at this guy.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing, like it doesn't necessarily I I get your point, Amber. Like there are other positions that are probably more important. Yeah. But I do think it also it's a matter of what's available at the time. Like there may not be offensive linemen, probably are not offensive linemen that are just out there right now for you to really look at. Every team is strapped for offensive linemen, right? But there there may be again this opportunity just presents itself and this is a guy that's like let's just take a look and see and if and if he actually happens actually turns out to be a guy that even you can use on your practice squad to present what you need to, looks for other teams you're yeah. gonna play. Like you mentioned, yeah, uh, um, him him looking maybe like a Debo, yeah. Right, if he has some of that ability, big and if you got to yeah. play San Francisco in the playoffs, it's a great guy to be able to throw out there during practice to be Brown. able to show you that look, right? <laughs> yeah. So looks, there yeah. there are certain things you can get out of that, even if he never touches the field in a game for the Cowboys, right? Yeah,
0: okay. I Agree.
4: Sure. You know, it's funny. <laughs> you know, there was a time in my <laughs> life. <laughs> there was a time in my life where I always believed that you know you carried extra linemen and all that. Yeah. This past trading deadline proved my point wrong, because Minnesota traded a starting offensive lineman mm-hmm. to Jacksonville. And anytime you say, "Go long at uh, go long at defensive line, go long at offense," it's hard to find these guys. Teams, you know, we found a team that was willing to trade. Yeah. It's very, very rare. And Minnesota did it before they they were starting this little run that they're on right now. They'd won like two games in a row and. Then at the trading deadline, they trade one of their young starting linemen to Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. another playoff team. So, man, uh, you know, that's – anytime you ever hear me say, well, you know, you're you're never going to find it, that's BS. Because people will – if you give somebody the right amount of trade compensation – and I'm trying to make it to Ambar's point. If you want to go out there and to trade online, if they wanted to go find an offensive lineman – they could have gone and found an offensive lineman. You got to give up
2: something for it. You got to give up something yeah. for it. Yeah. Whereas
4: where's like a time in my life where I never believed that was ever going to happen, and for a long time it didn't. But in this day and age, there's two things I've learned: your starting quarterback can be moved. That you when you can cut an Aaron Rodgers, you you've proven to me that you can go and get a quarterback or someone's always willing to move on from their starting quarterback. It used to be not that way; they'd keep those guys and contracts would run out if there were no good but now people trade for quarterbacks and they move on from quarterbacks mm-hmm. and, and elite type quarterbacks.
2: All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL, particularly the NFC. I'm going to have these guys rank in order uh the top 7 teams in the NFC and where Dallas falls in that rank. We'll do it when we come back, DallasCowboys.com radio.
5: Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the Cheetah Savannah.
0: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
6: To the break.
0: Experience the most
4: electrifying event of the holiday season, the Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza, powered by Reliant every Friday and Saturday night from November 17th through December 16th. Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza ignites the Star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers including the world renowned Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders, Santa Claus and appearances from your favorite Dallas Cowboys football heroes. Visit the stardistrict.com for more info.
2: Man, it's Christmas time already. Already. I'm already feeling the love. It's Christmas time. Yeah, you was going
1: to be feeling the love, for sure. <laughs> you
2: had to remind me that. I actually looked up as you were reading Brian right behind you on the TV it had like a commercial at Christmas lights oh, yeah. up and the whole thing like we're we're there we're yeah when they here. put that big tree up in the up
4: in yeah. Plaza you know it's, yeah, a, you right know it's Christmas corner. time yep. Mm-hmm.
2: yep yep all right here's what I want to do I want to go through we did this last week and I think I'm gonna make this a weekly thing because this NFC is really interesting to me uh, but I want you guys to take the top seven teams right now Thanks and put for the them
3: heads up so I'll start it. to do my full dive into who are they <laughs> playing. But honestly, This is payback for you
2: giving him all it's the all yeah. It's yeah. all good. It's yeah. good. All right, here we go. I got the top seven teams. I want you to put them in order. We got Philadelphia, Detroit, San Francisco, New Orleans, Seattle, Dallas, and Minnesota. Put them in order, top to bottom, top seven. Can you jump off, Brian?
4: Yeah, did you uh, – I, do I have one too many? Did you put New Orleans
2: in there? Yeah, I did. did okay, I'm
4: sorry. I yeah. I was They're s-
2: leading their division right now. Selective
4: listening yeah. right now as we speak. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Detroit, Dallas, Seattle, Minnesota, New Orleans.
2: Wait, that was your order? That was my order. I'm sorry, say it again. <laughs> you did it fast. <laughs> <laughs> you already had this written down. You had y- – y'all doing this on the show later No, no, oh, okay. no, no, no. All right, your order again. I
4: just took advantage of when everybody was talking <laughs> to look at these teams. Uh, Philadelphia, Yeah. San Francisco, Got it. Detroit, uh-huh. Dallas, Seattle, Minnesota, on a heater right now. Yeah, and New Orleans, the 17th. Interesting. Yeah,
2: interesting. I like that. The interesting thing that stand out there is Detroit, third. That was interesting. Yeah, and then also. Uh, you got New Orleans uh, behind Minnesota. Oh, no, did you have New Orleans? I have, behind Minnesota, Minnesota?
4: I have Minnesota ahead of New Orleans. Right. Yes.
2: That's also kind of yeah. interesting because yeah. Minnesota doesn't have their quarterback, but they got Josh Dobbs now. They're playing uh, for, the Cowboy Killer. They're
4: playing great right now. I <laughs> yeah. mean, if you're, if you're talking if you're talking about the, yeah, you'll probably see him in the playoffs. Yeah, right. Be, no, that dude,
2: oh, man, man. I don't know. I don't even know what to think of. But it. they're
5: they're He's playing. Gamer, I
2: they're yeah.
4: playing really well. I mean, if you look at what they're doing defensively, they're finding ways to win. They're playing without their their leading wide receiver too. Yeah, in that game. Yeah. Of these games, so it's, it's crazy. They figured some things out up there and traded and,
2: their guard. Like I mean, they, they just, it's, it's they, just like they went from out.
4: being like give up mode to like, well, maybe we can find a way to win the uh, NFC North. Yeah, you know. But Detroit, I think I think Detroit is really. I I don't think Detroit gets nearly enough credit. For me, I I, I kind of feel like the people always talk about Philadelphia and San Francisco. I, I Detroit is a team that you don't. I don't think you want to play, and you're going to catch them at the very end. And you know they might be playing for positioning and seating and all that, which would be a difficult game to begin with. But that is a physical, mean, nasty team, and they got a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. You know they got they got run by the Ravens. I think the Ravens might be the best team in the NFL. I mean the way that they've they they are uh,
1: against th- NFC teams.
4: Yeah, they blasted Seattle. They mm-hmm. blasted Detroit. You know that division they play in too. Cincinnati's getting better, so yeah, that doesn't talk about what we're doing with right now, but. That that uh, that AFC North is uh, mm-hmm. is is got some got some teeth to it.
1: Yep, I'm going to go because just like last week, I had the struggle of Seattle versus um, Detroit, and I'm just going to use the Baltimore game as a wash from both of those teams. Lions got walked by okay. the Baltimore Ravens, and the Seattle Seahawks got walked by the Baltimore Ravens. So that keeps me at Seattle ahead of Lions. So let's go this way. Let's go uh, Philadelphia. Um god Whew. I want to say it so I'm going to say it. Philadelphia, Seattle. Um Dallas, Detroit, San Francisco.
4: And San Francisco
1: ran you. You yeah, did. Huh? Yeah, but they're they're also completely face down in the mud right now that they need to right their ship. Um They could get all those
4: guys back. Right.
1: And it's going to be right back to where yeah, they were. Until it happens, it hasn't okay. happened. All right. Um God, you threw me off. <laughs> so I got Philadelphia. What I Philadelphia, Seattle, uh, Dallas, Detroit. I'm oh, sorry. See, y'all throwing me off. Good God. Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Dallas. Oh,
4: okay. Okay, okay. that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, San Francisco
1: third. Okay, yeah, I got you. I got you. Dallas, um, then Detroit, then Detroit. Okay, then Minnesota, then New Orleans. All right. Let's do it that way. All right. I'm that makes throwing, sense. I kept throwing me off. You, you really threw me putting San Francisco down <laughs> at fifth. I was like, wow. That was. I think that was one of those things where your brain is saying something, but yeah. your you're processing, so your mouth says something else. I, oh, I wonder you. why y'all paused. Okay. Yeah. That, we, that's I, I live that every that's day. That, that just that's threw true. me and Brian off, off there
2: for a second. Like,
1: oh, yeah, we're in so much now because okay. my, uh, Brian had the selective listing and then I had the brain fart. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. All right. It I'll was, tell
4: you what, man. I'll say this about San Francisco. They're going to get those guys back. Yeah. And it's going to be, but we'll see if the quarterback can play. That's that's where this thing will come down
2: to. We are putting some. now it's starting to get some doubt in his mind because yeah. he hadn't had any real yeah, moments that, of adversity yeah, exactly. where you start to make a quarterback question his own abilities. Exactly. And now we'll see how, that, how he responds was it, to that. Was it
1: you? Was, were we the ones having the conversation, walking up to the press box, just off-the-cuff conversation about Seattle versus San Francisco? And I was saying I felt like if San Francisco had to go to Seattle in the playoffs to win that game, I don't think they win that game.
2: No, we did not have that conversation, and I would vehemently disagree with you. Okay. I think San Francisco runs that division. I, I honestly believe San Francisco. Runs I think that
1: they. Division. I think they. They run it until further notice. But I think that Seattle is ready to change that. Like it feels like Seattle is ready to change that.
2: Yeah, I still for some reason I still think of Seattle as a good team that's not quite there to be one of the best in the division. Which is the why conference.
1: I would say this: is what the the key is at home. In the playoffs, if they have to go to San Francisco, Seattle loses that game. But if you factor in the twelfth man and that environment and the Seattle Seahawks, I think that's a, a game that the 49ers lose. I want to. I would love yeah. to see it. Yeah,
2: I mean, it, honestly, first round of the playoffs, I I, I fully expect San Francisco is going to win that division. So it's going to be Dallas and Seattle kind of there in four, in sure five and six that. slots, yeah. I think. Yeah. Sure. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I do believe that. Because I think San Francisco's going to get their guys back. And when they get their guys back, they're going to get on that roll again. And by the way, just look at what San Francisco does. They do this every year. There's a moment I mean, in the season fair. where everybody's like, oh, man, just, San Francisco's got problems. And, they, and usually it's because of injury. And sure enough, they get it back on the right track. And when they get it going, then it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we, we all should have known this is still San I Francisco. I keep
1: getting it in my gut. And much like the love I have for, for what the Lions are doing, and I'm right there with, with Brian on this one, uh, with the Lions, it, something in my gut just makes me feel like Seattle's got something for whoever. If, it, if someone has to go to Seattle for a playoff game.
2: I'm just not there yet on them. Not there yet on them. All right, Amber, what you got?
3: <clears throat> um, we this gave is- you time now. No, no, I did. I did. I did have plenty of time. And I just keep going. I'm, I'm just... I'll be honest. I'm unprofessional sometimes. Uh, because oh, it's hard to... What? It's hard to take did emotions. Did you say you're
4: unprofessional? Sometimes. Oh, okay.
3: Like right now. Okay. Because um, it's... <laughs> I wanted to make
4: sure I heard you right Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Because it's, it's hard... Right. I wouldn't say unprofessional. Let me say unbiased opinion is actually the right word. I'm very okay. professional, so I take that back. Um, Good. It's unbiased opinion. Duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> but my thing is, I'm having... So, I put Vikings first. Eagles second.
2: Wait, huh? What? Yeah. Vikings at the top team in the NFC?
3: I put them ahead, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. um it's your opinion. Unbiased opinion would be... Eagles first, biased oh, opinion I okay. would be... You just
1: don't want the Eagles to be first.
3: Be, and, and still, I they still, I, They're a great team. Okay. We've seen it. But every game lately has been so close that I just feel like at some point, somebody else is going to figure it out and beat them and get them. So... It's, it's that's what hopefully I'm,
4: it's Buffalo or Kansas City. But you know that's that's actually an interesting, that's an core, interesting thought and. because
2: <laughs> I've I've seen people talking about this in circles on social media, and to me, I actually look at that as a positive for Philadelphia because I'm like, if you tell me you've gone eight and one, yeah, and you still haven't you played still your ha- best yeah. football, mm-hmm. that says to me that you have a team that number one never gets rattled, you know how to figure it out in bad situations. Even when you're not playing your best football, you figure out how can we still get the win. It probably means you know how to win in a lot of different ways because you've been presented with different situations where some week it has to be your offense has to take the lead. Some weeks your defense has to take the lead. Some weeks your special teams. Whatever it is, they're figuring out how to win, even in situations where they probably shouldn't win the game. And that's where I like. I'm looking at that, and I'm like, that scares me more about Philadelphia than if they were just running through teams.
3: And it's fair. It's, it's a high, It's that whole glass uh, glass half full, mm-hmm. yeah. half empty. Yeah. Depending yeah. on their perspective, I'm choosing the other one, <laughs> half empty type of uh, mentality. Were you going to say something? Real quick?
4: I was going to ask you something real quick, though, guys. About that. Okay, Philadelphia has the ability, like when they're not playing great, to put games away. Yeah, is that opposite of what the Cowboys are?
2: Well there's there's only really been there's only really been does one that, game this that, year. Does that Actual
4: does that make that you nervous that. that your team Charges. doesn't have that ability right now? Charges.
2: Well that's the thing you've had really two games where you've been challenged through the end of the game. One, one. one of them you won, one of them you lost, right? Yeah. All the other games either you killed the other team or they killed you, yeah. right? So it's like do you, have you really seen that the do the Cowboys have the ability to to finish a game when they're right there? In I think
4: Philadelphia's plan was to make Dallas keep playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that they'll make a mistake. That, you know, F- Philadelphia down the stretch was nails where Dallas fell apart.
1: Well, it almost worked against them because they were nails until they fell apart, which is what extended the potential game right. winning drive in the first. I mean, both,
2: first team, so but both, both teams apart but, fell apart. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but
4: Philadelphia's fallen apart like three times this season, mm-hmm. and they've won all the games. Yeah, right. That's, See, the that's what I'm scary. saying. Yeah, when you scary. fall apart, you're not going to win. Yeah. Arizona, mm-hmm. you fell apart in that game. Really though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, really never had a chance.
1: Right. So yeah. in the games that you had a chance going down to the wire, you're you've
2: one and only won one. one. You won
1: one, you but there was only two.
2: Only games. You only had two. <laughs> you won one, you lost one, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't think it, again. I don't think any of the games you Calvary trust. Played wait a minute, excuse me. You
4: trust this team down the stretch? You really in with in to to finish a game to go
1: get a win? I trust the defense. To do so, if it's if it comes down to it and the defense is on the field, yes, I trust that they can get that with the you, offense. But
4: you, you don't trust. Okay, but you don't trust. Okay, the offense. Yeah, yeah to The win.
1: offense still has to show it because the defense in that one and one record, the defense is who closed it out. That's who I have the trust in. The yeah. offense didn't close it out. The offense made a mistake, think, false start, allowing the sack. So yeah. right now, until the offense shows it, yeah. no, I don't. In the yeah. offense In the defense, yes, I do. So it just depends on who's on the field right now. Yeah.
4: I, I don't. It, it bothers me that they didn't finish that game the other. day. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, it completely bothers me, and and it, I don't know if that's man. Maybe it's something we've seen. They get down in the red zone. They get down tight red zone. They've had problems all year. Yeah. You know. Uh, Are they going to fix those problems? Well, that's going to keep costing them games.
3: And Dak pre- played a really good game, and but it's one of those things that you tend to always criticize. You know, you put it all on the quarterback. So. And we said it, I mentioned it to you. I'm like, okay, this is a time where Dak needs to show up. And and in, let me, in my head, and this is not a fair comparison, but I'm like, man, imagine you having Rodgers and he's in that situation right now. You just take the automatic, like you just automatically assume you're going to walk out of the game with a win. We had plenty of time to get in there. And the, like, what's crazy, I thought the Cowboys were only have that last chance to do it. And then they came back again for a second chance to actually get into the end zone, and it still didn't happen. Yeah. So- That's but, disturbing. But you,
1: but you know why, though? And this goes right back to my point. The way the defense clamped down in the fourth quarter and forced uh, more than one punt from the Eagles' offense. So, if again, if it came down to it where it was Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense trying to mount uh, a game-winning drive against the Cowboys' defense in Philadelphia, I will 100% have confidence well, in but the let's also be but clear. flip it, and it's like, okay, well, you know, it's an offense that had struggles for the first part of the season and now it's an offense that has some offensive line issues. So, no, until they show me that they can close out the game, I can't rightfully say I believe they can close out the game. But yeah. the defense has shown it. So that, that's, for me, where my, I'm hanging yeah. my head. I,
2: I still go back to, like, Amory, I, I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head for me. It, there are certain teams that when you're playing them, you're actually thinking if your team gets a score and it's at the end of the game, you're like, how much time's left? Like, I don't want to give that offense time to go down and score, because I know they will go down and score. Like, if you're playing the Chiefs and you give them a minute and they only need a touchdown to win or they need a field goal to win, you're like, man, we left too much time on the clock, right? Mahomes. Be- but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there are certain teams that are like that. A- and I don't want to confuse it. Like, that. that's never been the conversation that we've had, Dak. Like, that's the difference between a really good quarterback and the greats in the game right now, right? There are only a few of those that you feel like if they get the ball, it's happening. There's no question about it. But you and I, as we were sitting there watching the end of that game, we were both saying, is this Dak's moment to kind of ascend to that and start showing us that, and, and we, we, that wasn't the, the outcome. And quite frankly, as is the case a lot of time, I don't think it was necessarily his fault. I think he played it? well. It could have been. I think, I think once again, and that's why I say offenses, because it's not just the quarterback. In this instance, it, it goes back to like it, this was not just about Dak not making the plays. It was about yeah. your offensive line failing you yeah. in a moment when you needed them to be able to Correct. give him time twice to make the plays that he needed to make twice in, in order row. for you to win. That well, was the
3: problem. You twice go back to several a couple of years ago, um, and you would go into games where the offense would have a very slow start, Dak having slow starts. And then in the second half of games, he would come back, the offense would come back. Get their act together and mm. start scoring points but it was always a little too late like yeah. it, they would get up there start scoring 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 oh well damn we mm. ran out of time right. didn't make it they should have won that game and i'm that's where i'm
1: that's what you said yesterday
3: that I'm, that's what i'm tired <laughs> they of should've. they should have they should have I <laughs> mean, over here walking i'm not gonna name names but walking around people that come up to me oh, we should have won that g-. stop I don't want to hear it. I'm pissed off right now. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm tired of it. But, anyways, I had the Vikings versus Eagles, 49ers, Seattle, New Orleans, Detroit, Dallas. Um, I don't know where I want to put Dallas because once again, my biased opinion right now. I'm mad at them. I'm upset. I'm hurt. I don't <laughs> so know what to me. think of them. I don't. I don't know where to place them because last week I spent all week truly believing that they were gonna win against the Eagles, and I said it with my chest should've. all over the place. I was walking around all should've. like other people that what? did not say Cowboys with their chest. No, I didn't. I
2: was not confident about that game. And I said, Don't because, make me tell I said said No, honestly, I said before, any thumbs, before we went into the game, I said they got to show me. After well, what happened in San Francisco, they got to show me, and yeah. they still haven't shown me. And by the way, if I'm doing any rankings for the NFC, the Cowboys cannot come in right now before Philadelphia and San Francisco. No No way. Because what I've seen in the games is they have not been able to beat those teams. And I'll say this. Dallas is a really good team, and I think up against any team in the NFC, Dallas will win the game. Mm -hmm. Any team in the NFC other than those two teams. Right now, they got to show me because that's just not been what they've put on on the field yet. And you're going to get to see Detroit. And you're going to get to see Seattle. Seattle. Yep. Yeah. And then you'll get a couple shots at some AFC teams that are right in that same yeah. boat of, of good teams, and we will find out a lot about this team. But right now, I think those are the two teams I look at, and and really there's probably only four or five in the NFL that I think I would put above the Cowboys right now, but that's also the problem. They're right up there with those teams. They have not shown they can beat those teams yet. Like that's the Kansas City's, the Baltimore's, the 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 the, the Eagles, the uh, the Forty Niners. Like they haven't shown they can beat those teams yet. That's what I got to see in order to feel confident that they can make a deep run. The, in thing, the
1: thing that's fun though is that the um, from three <laughs> to. I'd say five, those three to five slots, Uh, margin of error is so slim. It is. Their margin of error of Cowboys offense is very slim. So, I mean, in your rankings and when you're listening to this, if you're ranking um, one through seven, once you get three to five, it, it, whatever you organize, however you organize it, yeah. it's probably going to make sense. You yeah. could probably justify you it to make, an make it make sense. Yeah. yeah. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our final break. We're
2: going to come back. we got some big-picture questions for you guys. These may take a lot more time than we have. <laughs> we'll maybe uh, float some of those into some future shows this week. Uh, we'll be right back. DallasCowboys.com Radio.
5: Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the Cheetah savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now... He- Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running. And toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's
6: not complicated. Learn more at marines.com. Back to the break.
4: The Salvation Army's 27th annual Red Kettle kickoff returns to AT&T Stadium this Thanksgiving. Get excited to watch the one and only Dolly Parton rock the stage during the halftime when... The Dallas Cowboys go head-to-head with the Washington Commanders. Tune in at 3.30
2: on CBS. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment brought to you by blockchain.com. All right, here we go. Uh, Here's some big big picture questions I want you guys to answer. Let's start with this one. Whose play is more concerning, Terrence Steele or Michael Gallup?
1: Mm, I'd say Michael Gallup. Um reason I say Michael Gallup is for the harkening back to what we were talking about yesterday, Terrence Steele, when you were having the, the offensive line injuries and those issues across that O-line, it was Terrence Steele who was the bright spot over the majority of the first part of the season going into the bye. Mm-hmm. That gives me a lot of confidence. That, combined with his play from last year before he suffers the torn ACL, yeah, He as of late, he's had two bad days at the offices. Last Sunday was the worst day at the office, but for the most part... I think he's showing that he can get it together um, and keep it together. Michael Gallup, on the other hand, while physically he's back to where he needs to get, the the mental side of it is still not consistent enough for Michael Gallup. Uh, He had a couple of good games, Arizona, New England, the games prior struggled. The games after, he struggled. He had a drop, the the key drop, uh, early against the Eagles, but then he bounced back. Kudos to him for doing so. But – when you combine that, the up and downs of 2023, with the struggles to find his way in 2022, there's not a lot of recency positives for Michael Gallup. Um, talent still there? Absolutely. Skill set, physicality, um, physically he's imposing, all of that's still there. But I think for him, it's mentally more than anything else, and that's what's concerning. For Terrence Steele, I think he bounces back maybe as early as this week.
4: Kind of feel like it's, uh, it is Gallup. Uh, But the thing we've learned about Gallup, it's two good games for poor games. And that's been his history. And so maybe that's what he is. You know, we felt like that maybe he could take that next jump. We talked about injury, him coming back, the off the field stuff he deals with, you know, being in the right place, right mind, all that works extremely hard. But he is who he is. And that's. You know, like I say, you're going to have flashes, flashes of brilliance. Uh, those catches he makes that are contorted along the sidelines. I don't know how he got his feet down, but he just did. And then you're going to have the play where they, you know, have the unfortunate drop. But that's the inconsistency of his game. Maybe somewhere else he gets more consistent. But for this team, he hasn't been. What's surprising to me about Steele is what he's dealing with. You know, coming back from the injury, and he's going to work extremely hard. He's going to be prepared. His run blocking hasn't been as good as it normally is. Mm -hmm. I I understand the pass blocking struggles that he has, because that's part of his game. That really, really is part of his game, and he does a great job of masking it at times. But you know, when it when it rains, it pours on him too. But he's not been as consistent as a run blocker. And that, to me, is the most surprising thing about his game. It's not what happens to him as a pass blocker. It, it's what happens to him as a run blocker. And it's, but it's Gallup. Uh, but both of them have had their issues, as we all
1: know.
3: Um, I would definitely go with Terrence Steele because that's the... But I have trust that he can get it together because it hasn't been... A consistent like what we saw against the Eagles hasn't been the storyline for his season coming after that injury. So I don't think it's something that we're going to be consistently talking about week after week as the main issue of the O line in general. I think he'll get better. And it was just a one you had a one bad day that went really bad for you. Mm-hmm. And it happens, it, ha- it has happened to a lot of other people. But I would say, the O line in general, more so than just Terrence steel, just finding some type of consistency for the O line. We haven't seen an established run running game yet. That has not happened all year, and I think it stems from or stems from the O line and what they're doing mm-hmm. and not doing for Tony Pollard and the rest of the backs. Indeed. So yep. I think that's that would be the main concern. Michael Gallup again. I don't know if I'm ready. To give up on him I'm as far 30, as like giving no. him chances, but it's one of those things again. My feelings. I'm. I'm like. I'm mad at you. Go sit down for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> go take a break. Go. Go to the. Go you put him the, in a corner. Yeah. You? Yeah. Yes. Go for just. Just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. I still love you. <laughs> you know. I still well. love you. I'll give you a hug afterwards. But take a moment to reflect, and we'll we'll come back to you. Uh, and because some of the things we've seen from Tolber, he's had those moments you know but it's it's one of those when it's not working i'm i'm a big disbeliever or i don't know the right word mm-hmm. of forcing things i don't oh, think yeah. it, it i don't think it, it makes it work but you just keep trying to force it on people and stuff he just he's not catching a break right now and maybe you give him, you force him to have a break for a little bit, and then bring him back up. But I would definitely go with uh, Steele right now, just for the moment.
4: This team needs to focus on 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 Lamb, Ferguson, and Cooks. Mm-hmm. That needs to be their offense right now. Yep, they're not going to be able to run the ball in s- that order. Yeah, they they don't. The, 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 it's going to be hard. It the, this team is now you now have it's not a small sample size anymore. We're halfway through. Mm-hmm. They've got to ride Dak and they've got to ride Lamb, and they've got to ride Ferguson, and the Cooks has got to find a way when he gets opportunities to make plays. That's where they need to go. Because the other ones, if they get the other ones to kind of step up, great. But the ones they need to focus on are the ones that I mentioned.
2: Yeah. So going on that, what do you guys think is the biggest reason – that Brandon Cooks hasn't been more involved in the offense? Do you put it more on him and his abilities of getting open? Do you put it more on the offensive line not getting time or the, the play calling not getting right. him downfield, getting him into situations where he's open? What Where do you place they, most of the they blame? They
4: scheme stuff for him, and then you know they're going to run a play where he's. It, it's going to take some time for him to get from the right side of the formation to the left side of the formation. They're running plays to try and get him open. They ran a pick for him the other day on the goal line to try and get him open. Uh, they're doing things to try and get him open, uh, but then if you have a, a blitzing linebacker, uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Biotish unable to handle Jalen Carter, and it's you know now Dak can't go that way. Uh, it's really un- or he or all of a sudden they motion Tony Pollard out in the flat. And now he's trying to find space on a scramble drill, but what does he do? He runs into Cook, who's trying to find space too, and both of them get eliminated from the play. Mm-hmm. I think the coaches are trying to find ways to get him the ball. I think there are certain certain situations and things that happen during the play that don't get him the ball, mm-hmm. and and they, and not you, necessarily you his play; it's yeah, other people. You yeah. can't you don't quit on him because he is your best route runner in my opinion. He's the one guy that can separate. He's the one guy that can get in and out of the breaks. He's the one that can take can make the big catch when you need him to. So keep keep trying to get him the ball. It it'll naturally come to him, but they're doing with a lot of he's doing with a lot of bad luck
1: when they're trying to get him the ball right now. I I couldn't have said it better. Not much to add to that um other than just to double down on it's it's certainly not his lack of separational ability to get yeah. open. He's getting open. Yeah. Um the rest is everything that Brian said.
3: I mean, you've made it a point. Uh, what game was that? Um when they kept targeting speaking of Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, yeah. Uh what game was it?
1: New England was his last game. No, you... when they targeted him
4: ten when,
3: times oh, they uh, were forcing that ball. Was it against
1: Was that Chargers? There, yeah. Was it Chargers? It, yeah, Chargers.
4: Chargers. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, Chargers. was Chargers, yeah Chargers. I'm sorry so, so
3: where I was trying to go with that is you've as a play caller you kind of made it a point to target him and try to get the ball to him and the reason the only thing that makes sense to me as to why they kept going to him was because they had some sort of plan that Mm -hmm. they were trying to make it happen that day so my thing is like if they did that with him how come you can't do that with the guy like Cooks and the whole timing wise and all that makes some sense but then why is that an option? Like, if it's not going to give you enough time to, like, go throw it at him, why is that even an option to begin yeah. with?
4: I, I, you know what? I, I think that, to me, I don't force it. I let it happen. Because my number two, my number one and number two options are good enough to win games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throwing to Lamb and throwing to Ferguson is good enough for me to win games. Yeah. You know, if, if Cooks gets th- four targets, three receptions, and it's 58 yards and three first downs on the, on the catches – I'm fine with that. But CD
2: got off. Yeah. But, I'm CD, really on but that. Yeah. CD had yeah. CD
4: had 12 catches for 143 yards, and, and Ferguson had seven catches for 100 yards. Yeah. I'm I'm going to live
2: with that all day. And the other thing to consider on that point, Brian, I think is that when you get deeper into the season, when you're going to have that run of Seattle, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dolphins, uh, uh, Buffalo, you got all these good teams you're going to need a wrinkle that hasn't necessarily shown up in a big way to win one of those Here's games, Cooks. maybe two of those games. Right. And if you haven't used Cooks in that way, you can create some opportunities where teams come in because of what their scouting says, you're trying to get the ball to CD, you're scheming yeah. him open. That could create some opportunities for you to scheme open uh, a Cooks and go into a game saying, we're going to scheme him open because they're not really looking for that. We haven't shown that as much. If you ask me for a
4: fourth guy to add to my i'm I'm going to mix I'm throwing Turpin in Turpin. there mm-hmm. Turpin's shown to me that he that the game is not too big for him. I always yep. worried about him not you know I didn't like the fact he didn't fair catch the ball and he you know time went off the clock at the mm-hmm. end. I think that was kind of a mental mistake, but overall, with his ability to to run run after catch, you know get open get open you know to make a secure catch he's now I'm putting him in there okay if if any one of you others other than the three. I need you, but I'm. It's going to be limited, mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm going to get you. When when I do throw you the ball, please make a catch for me. Yep. You know, if I get you two balls and you make two catches mm-hmm. for two first downs and a and a red zone touchdown like uh, like Turpin did, yep. and yeah. the toughness, my yeah. goodness, yeah. how yeah. tough is that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am now paring down my offense to just make sure, and, and and it's going to help Dak. Yep. You know, it's there's no more questions about, okay, do we have to throw it to Gallup? No, we don't because we're going to throw it to Turpin and we're going to throw it to Lamb and we're going to throw it to Ferguson because I know those guys are going to make yeah. plays. Yep. I don't have time to waste a down over here
1: on somebody that might not make a play.
2: Yeah. All right. Real quick, let's
1: get to Labcoat. What we got over there? Bring me in, Beamer.
0: Yes, science. All
1: right, so uh, started and actually finished my deep dive into some receiving comparisons uh, around the NFL for uh, the Science Lab. This week's edition drops on Thursday. Check that out on the dot com, ladies and gentlemen. Magic number today is forty. Eight. We're going to round down to 48. Um, I wanted to see how Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb as a tandem measure up against some of the best tandems in the league. And obviously, I'm talking about, you know, Puka and Cooper and uh, Michael, no, not Michael, but uh, Matthew, uh, Tua, Tyreek, things like that. 48 is the expected points above average for those that aren't familiar with EPA, that's basically saying prior to a play, um, this is what the points expected. After the play, this is what the new points expected. How valuable was that play in that situation? CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott are ranked number three in the entire NFL as a tandem in expected points above average. Who's top two? Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, number one. Tua and Tyreek, yeah. number two. That's some great company mm-hmm. to be in. That caused me to go a little bit deeper, uh, and I looked at 12 categories uh, across the league. The Cowboys, as far as Dak and C.D. Lamb, lead the league as a QB wide receiver tandem in seven of the 12 categories, stretching from passer rating, completion percentage, um, success rate, uh, yards per attempt. So if you're wondering if C.D. Lamb has ascended as wide receiver one, if you're wondering if the the chemistry between he and Dak Prescott have reached that upper echelon of the NFL the answer definitively is yes it is absolutely so keep going Dak Prescott C.D. Lamb goes to everything Brian I Derek and uh Ambar are talking about feed the lamb feed the lamb and feed him good all right That's
2: can I good. say
3: something real sure. quick just because well, what are you going to say? No, it's, it's <laughs> in my <laughs> defense. I'm not attacking you. No, oh, I just got a, I got a text to someone that's listening. Right. And apparently my dumb joke didn't translate into when I said Vikings first. There's a reason why I said Vikings first ahead of the Eagles. I was just being dumb about it. Yeah. But... I don't know if you translate it to the. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm not that stupid, but I just wanted to clarify because apparently some people they didn't get my The jokes. longer
4: you do this, the more you don't pay attention to
3: this. Right, exactly. You're
2: like, if you don't get it, you don't get it. You know, if yeah. you know, you know,
4: right?
3: If
2: it's over your head, the better. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back. You got tomorrow. platforms, they don't. Good point. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to jump into the uh, the Cowboys versus the Giants. Are we going to talk about that this week? Damn we right, we are. All right, let's talk about don't Cowboys versus the Giants. No, no. Nope.
3: Overlooking. Overlooking.
2: (laughs) We will start with with the Giants offense tomorrow versus the Cowboys. Tommy (laughs) DeVito. Until then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!